BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level two, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi. The Pips and Plus also some people to bust them and everybody else in between. We'll bring back uh, Ian Cameron in a moment. A lot of football to get to with about a week zero is actually here. There's no more thinking about it. It's time to start pulling the trigger uh, soon. I was just talking about Messi and the ticket prices in New York. And New York is a pretty big market. It's as big as it gets. So it's a pretty good gauge of the reality of it. And I should note, just because somebody's asking $3,000 doesn't mean they're going to get it. But considering you've got like 13 million people there, like, yeah, they're probably going to get it. <laughs> so, right, like somebody's going to pay it. But if, and all kidding aside, if you think about the money that Messi has interjected into America since he's arrived, think about the amount of jersey sales. If you order an Inter-Miami jersey right now, they tell you on the website, on Fanatics, that you will not get it until October or November. They're that backed up. They can't make them fast enough. Like, they just cannot, like, they have, like, hundreds, you know what I mean, hundreds of thousands of orders. They cannot keep up with the orders, so they tell you point blank. So think about the amount of money in merchandise sales. Think of all these stadiums over the last eight matches that he has played in the United States of America that would have been half empty. Right, I'm not saying that all of them. You know, Nashville sell tickets. You know, they, Nashville averaged like nearly forty thousand fans a game. So, like you know, some of these teams do sell tickets without Messi, but a lot of them, it's next level. Then think about all the ticket brokers, i.e., scalpers, people like the, you know, and just average people that are MLS season ticket holders that cashed in on this that aren't rich people. I don't hold it against them. They're not rich. You're an MLS. You love the Philly. You know, you're a big Philly fan. Whatever, man. You just struck gold. Messi's coming to town and you've got $1,000 for tickets that you pay $60 for. You don't have a choice but to sell them. And let, you know, I get it. You want to see magic and be there. I get that too. But, you know, think of like, I'm just being real here. Think of how many people and Matias, you're the guy, you, know, you think he's a saint already, but I'm starting to really see it. He's like a savior. Think of how many people in the United States, bro, have made money because of Messi over the last, like, three weeks, a month. Going back to July 21st, his debut. Think about Uber drivers outside of stadiums. Ah, there's no business. It's an Inter-Miami game, man. There ain't no one there. You know what I mean? Two, man, yeah, yeah. I can charge people. If, and, and right away, Uber will know. If these people just paid $2,000 to get into the game, they'll pay $200. Let's hype up the rates on the way out. Uber drivers, taxi drivers, bars and restaurants around the stadiums. Like, literally, like, I said a billion dollars, not to mention, too, he's reportedly added, like, upwards of nearly 400,000 MLS subscribers to uh, to this Apple deal. Like, literally, you know, like, seriously, this guy should be given, like, a, um, a medal of, like, valor from the president and say thank you for, like, adding billions of dollars to our economy by coming here because that's what he's done. One man. And to put in context, Taylor Swift and her tour 
has added $4.6 billion to the economy. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Has Messi made you money? And uh, I tell you what, he's making betters uh, money. He's making ticket brokers money. He's making Uber drivers money. He's making waitresses money. Who isn't Messi making money for, <laughs> right? Like right now, if you think of the overall financial impact that this one player has had on, on not just the sport, but like point blank, the economy it's actually like mind-blowing i saw a story the other day in forbes that like taylor swift's tour is so popular like she swung the gdp type of deal and to put in context and she's not done yet 4.6 billion dollars taylor swift has added 4.6 billion dollars in consumer spending to the u.s economy during this, you know, crazy tour uh, that she's done. You throw in Messi here, man. Like, between, uh, honestly, I think without Taylor Swift and Messi, would be in the Great Depression. <laughs> We'd be, there'd be like the great, uh, like people like, hey, the stock market's doing well. Yeah, because of Messi and Taylor Swift. I mean, they're like the only two people that are actually like, uh, uh, you know, keeping things afloat uh, right now. So, Inter Miami does it again. Uh, countdown to kickoff is on. Let's roll. College football. Ian Cameron's going to step back up and in in a couple of minutes. On the other side, we'll get into uh, week zero. We do have NFL preseason. We've got a bunch of NFL news. San Francisco 49ers traded a bunch of picks, traded up. They went from 12 to 3. They wanted to get Trey Lance. They get Trey Lance. And now Trey Lance is actually third string on their depth chart behind Sam Darnold. And it's amazing to me the power that, forget about Taylor Swift has on people, the power that Kyle Shanahan has on the betting markets and on football insiders and, you know, normally very smart people in the sense that no matter who is playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, people believe that they're going to win the Super Bowl. And right now, people, a lot of people believe... The San Francisco 49ers could win the Super Bowl this year. Their quarterbacks are Mr. Irrelevant and one of the biggest first-round top overall, you know, picks in the history of the National Football League. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Then your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Countdown to kickoff is on. We're now just two weeks away from the start of the National Football League regular season. 
College football starts this Saturday. Trey Lance um, will probably be traded uh, before the season starts. Sam Darnold has been named a backup uh, quarterback to, uh, to Brock Purdy. And as I was saying going into the break, I get it. San Francisco are loaded and stuff. They're they're super talented, and I fall for it as much as everybody else does all the time. But it is amazing, isn't it, in reality, that they have Mr. Irrelevant as their quarterback and Sam Darnold, of all people, who really is like one of the biggest sort of busts for like a big-time quarterback. And here we are right now, and people are going to buy in. Right, they're they're going to buy in that Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold are good enough to win a Super Bowl. Uh, with, I don't know. Like my deal is, all right, if Brock Purdy gets hurt, are San Francisco that good that they're going to win with Sam Darnold? Nobody else has won with Sam Darnold. <laughs> right, this is the deal, man. Kyle Shanahan thinks he can win with anybody at the quarterback position, except evidently Trey Lance. So uh, we'll get to that later. We have Mike Tanier going to join us. Uh, one of the best in the business. We'll talk NFL football with Mike Tanier a little bit uh, later on. We've got Ian Cameron in the house right now. Let's uh, start off with uh, week zero college football, uh, Babano. Everybody's concerned about the weather in Dublin, Ireland. It's going to be raining, uh, but it's always raining in Ireland, and it's not going to be very windy at all. So I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not really letting the weather affect me. I'm going to watch. You know, we'll we'll tune in Saturday morning once again and make sure it's not a monsoon or something. Uh, but looking at this game right now, first game up, Navy and Notre Dame. What do you think about it? What are you going to be doing with this game? Yeah, the weather we talked about, I think, on Sunday, the weather was going to be light showers. I don't think it's going to be a heavy downpour or heavy rain from what I'm seeing in the forecast. The wind's going to be light to moderate, but not heavy. So maybe small little impact by the weather. But, you know, I did have this pegged as a bit of a game that would see points scored in it because of the fact that Notre Dame's passing attack will should be able to move the ball. Because to me, Navy secondary, and it's been proven over the years, they just are very, very... Uh, in tough against some of these better passing attacks. And if you actually look, the only concern for Notre Dame is they lost a couple of the big-time receivers they had, including the great tight end mayor. Who's going to step up? It may not matter against a team like Navy because they're probably undermatched at the cornerback spot, regardless of you know some of these younger receivers that Sam Hartman and Notre Dame are going to be going with this season. So I still think they're going to be able to move the football. The interesting part is what are we going to get out of Navy because this is not going to be that same triple option only offense because of the cut block of rules being uh, now illegal. So they're doing some different stuff. They're going to be doing more of a shotgun formation. Uh, it's still going to be predominantly run-oriented, but probably with a little bit more of a, a passing element. How much more, again, the, the coach Newberry really has to divulge that information, but we can expect them to at least attempt to throw the ball slightly more at least than we've seen in the past. And Notre Dame's defense has some significant uh, changes there coming into this season that they're going to have to you know, grow into, I think, melding a defense that's going to be ready to be at their absolute best. It may not be right away. So I do think you're going to see both teams be able to move the ball. And with the weather concerns, i got to admit, I don't like the over as much as I did, but the weather alone is not going to take me off that stance. So I'm still going to push ahead with the over, and if anything, you're going to get a better number closer to kickoff. It's sitting at an even 49 right now. I think Notre Dame are going to roll them. They'll, I think Notre Dame will win like 41-17, 41-14. I think Notre Dame will do enough on their own to make sure this game gets over the number as long as we can get 14 to 17 points from Navy, which we probably should be able to. I wouldn't expect them to reinvent the wheel overnight. They have a bunch of players that were recruited to run the triple option, so they, they kind of have what they have. But at the same point in time, college football, the average college football game like gets into the mid-50s. So it's a pretty low and conservative number uh, to put up. I think it'll get there. And I think Nate, I think uh, Notre Dame will roll them. You have Sam Hartman in here now. They're going to play pitch and catch. They've got all kinds of weapons all over the place here. There's no reason why Notre Dame isn't going to put up 38, 41 points or something like that. And the question is, what is Navy? If Navy covers, it'll go over. Right? You know what I mean, Babano? Like if somehow, let's say Notre Dame score 35 points or something and Navy gets to 21, right, it'll push it over the number. 
But that's that's how it, you know that's how they'll cover if Navy could actually score, right? But either way, I think yeah. it goes over the number. I think that's over or safer because you know what I mean. Like I think Notre Dame could yeah. win this game thirty, you know, forty-one to seventeen, or you know, thirty-eight seventeen, and it gets to fifty-five, but it's right around the number, and and or. You know, it gets into a track meet or something, and it turns into one of those 45-20 type of games. But I'm going to go with the over here, and we'll monitor the weather as it approaches. That's true. And despite the weather concerns, I can't get over the fact that Navy-Notre Dame, every recent meeting has gotten into the 50s or 60s, you know, as far as total points. 35-32 last year. Yeah, exactly. And every, like I said, every recent meeting's at least gotten into the 50s, if not the 60s, when these teams, and they meet each other regularly postseason. So I think it can get into the 50s still. And let's keep in mind, you're going to get four quarters out of Navy, which does concern me about laying three touchdowns here with Notre Dame, because Navy is that one of those teams that, you know, if they're down 24, 27 points in the fourth quarter, they could punch it in late and come through the back door, because, you know, they go for four quarters at the, at the uh, service academy. Yeah, they don't quit, but they're not very good. So as I stated last year, um, if they're, well, if you're getting blown out, it doesn't really mean, you know what I mean I get the whole not quitting thing. But last year they played; it was 35-32. Uh, the year before they played, these guys have been playing every year for like the last 80 years or whatever. But uh, the year before it was 34-6. Um, they didn't play in the COVID year, 52 to 20. You know, like sort of, you know what, 52 to 20 might be a little extreme. The year before that, in 2018, they played, and it was 44-22. That's sort of the feeling I get, like sort of this this type of score. 45-21, 44, whatever, in, in that range. But I personally do think it'll go over the number. And as, we've, as we just go over the numbers here, as you see, Notre Dame, When's the last time Notre Dame haven't scored on them? The last time they played, 35. The time before, 34. The year before, 52. 44. So you have to go back to 2017 when they only scored 24 points against them. And, oh, yeah, Notre Dame had the best quarterback that they've had in, like, a decade or something uh, right now with Sam Hartman uh, there. So uh, Ian Cameron kicking it with us. Babano this second game. UTEP and Jacksonville State. UTEP are one-point favorites right now. The total is 53-and-a-half. This is one of the few games that I don't really have a strong inclination to bet on. What's your take on this one? You know, Jacksonville State could actually be a decent program this year, even though they're making the transition from the FCS to a Conference USA. I just don't know if this is the team they want to face in the very first game because if you look at the fundamental matchup for UTEP, they really could be very good on offense this year. Uh, Hardison's been around for a long time at quarterback. They bring back Deion Hankins, who's an outstanding running back here for UTEP. Should be able to run the ball. Very good offensive line with four of the five starters back. And they have a big size advantage if you look at it with them against Jacksonville State on the defensive front where Jacksonville State the Gamecocks they definitely have a lack of size compared to that UTEP offensive line so I think they're going to be able to move the ball quite effectively through the air with Hardison uh, and on the ground with that great running back, Deion Hankins. And they have a great re- receiver. They thought they were going to lose him, tried to transfer somewhere else, but transfer got rejected, and he's back here at UTEP. Tyron Smith, watch out for this guy. He's an outstanding big play-wide receiver for UTEP. I think they're going to score points, and I think they're going to win this football game. Uh, Jacksonville State's interesting because Rich Rod's the coach, and you know with him it's going to be a up-tempo, run-oriented spread offense. It's always what he's done in this coaching career. Uh, he's got Zion Webb is his quarterback. This guy's in his seventh year. So he's experienced. So I like the game over the total, but I also like UTEP on the money line to get the win. 53 and a half is the over-under. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. You tell that son of a bitch no Yankee is ever coming to Houston. Not as long as you bastards are running things. Hey, now, now speak up, George. I can't hear you. You tell that son of a bitch no Yankee is ever coming to Houston. Not as long as you bastards are running things. All right, we've got some late-night uh, breaking news uh, here, and it's not good, unfortunately, for Shohei Otani. Devastating news out of uh, out of the Angels' camp. The club announced that superstar Shohei Otani has a torn uh, UCL in his right elbow. He's done pitching for the year. I, you know, considering he's a free agent, why would he play for the rest of the year? When you consider the Angels um, are in the situation that they're in, they announced that he will not be pitching uh, for the rest of the year. No word on whether. Uh, or not that he's actually done for the year. He he left the game uh, earlier today, uh, which what uh, what he termed arm fatigue. All right, uh, arm fatigue. So this is this is it. He tore his UCL before in 2018. He underwent successful Tommy John. Elbow reconstructive surgery. He didn't pitch at all in 2019, but he came back to DH uh, that season. Just, it's terrible for the Angels. They hung on to him. They wanted to do the right thing. They wanted, you know, they wanted to go on a run and try to make the playoffs. They wanted to entertain the fans and all that. It ends up blowing up. Um, it's it's terrible, and you've got to feel for Otani as well. But as we stated, he's he is a free agent and basically four and a half weeks or whatever. And for this to happen now, you know, he becomes a hitter now suddenly. Is he going to pitch next year? I don't want to get ahead of this. This is just breaking news right now, and I'm not a doctor. Uh, but as as we stated, he tore his UCL before, and he had to have Tommy John surgery after the fact. So... Devastating news. You figure a team named the Angels would have better luck. I guess maybe they should change their name to the Devils, actually. Look at Coach K. The Duke Blue Devils. The New Jersey Devils have won. <laughs> right? Like this this whole Halo thing doesn't seem to be working uh for you. But what a what a disaster. And it yeah, it just sucks because he's he really is the he is the most electrifying and entertaining player by far. In Major League Baseball. And that's saying something because there's some pretty entertaining and electrifying players that play in the league uh, right now. So let's get back to uh, week zero. Ian Cameron kicking with us. So Babano says he likes UTEP and the over. Um, we have UMass and New Mexico State right now, Babano. The point spread is six and a half. The total is 45 in this game right now. What are your thoughts on UMass and New Mexico State? Yeah, this one is a, every, there's a lot of steam on UMass here. Uh, and uh, this is probably one of those games where is UMass taking this much money if it isn't a week zero game? You know, if this is nestled into week one next Saturday, you know, are we seeing this much betting action on UMass going into this game? And look, I do believe they're going to be improved. Um, certainly defensively last year, the Minutemen improved quite a bit. But on offense, they just could not move the football at all. The quarterback play was horrendous. Uh, there just wasn't any big play explosive players in the skill position group. 
This year, they're turning to Tyson uh, Fomachon as their starting quarterback. This is a guy that's been with a bunch of different schools. Clemson initially recruited him. Then he went to Georgia Tech. Then he was with UConn for a bit, and now he's here at UMass. And you know how I sometimes feel, Gabe, about these quarterbacks that have been bouncing around, and they keep seem to be going to one worse school after another, one worse team after another. They're, they don't always get better. You know, when they take that step down in class, you think, hey, you're playing on this team and you're playing some weaker teams, you're going to get better. It doesn't always happen that way. You know, so this is still an offense. I got to see the improvement, you know, before I believe it. The O-line's better, but it was a horrendous, in terms of experience it is, but it, it was so bad last year in terms of allowing sacks and not opening up the run game. You know, even with the experience back, how much better is it going to be? I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. But for UMass, until I see improvement, um, like the betting markets are here, now that it's below a seven, you know, you can lay six and a half now with New Mexico State. I think I'd lay it with the Aggies. I probably will, you know, at six and a half. I'm interested. I like what Jerry Kill did with this team uh, last year. Yeah, a little soft schedule. But when you look at this year, the defense, which last year got better down the stretch, I think should be really good this year. They bring back a mobile, athletic, dual-threat quarterback in Diego Pavia, who really played strong, including in the bowl game late in the season last year. Uh, they've got some weapons on offense to be able to move the ball here against UMass. And I think their defense can really wreak havoc on UMass's offensive line, which, as I said last year, was bad. I've got to see it be better. I've got to see it run block and pass protect, something they couldn't do against what I think is going to be in a really solid front seven here for New Mexico State. So everybody, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people clearly have an opinion that UMass is going to be solid and better this year. And maybe that New Mexico State, after that great renaissance last year, maybe they take a step back. I've got to see it before I believe it with UMass. And it's not still an easy trip to go from Amherst to Las Cruces. So now that it's fallen below seven, I'm laying the points here with the Aggies. No, I agree with your breakdown, and I think I think UMass might be one of these programs that can cover some numbers when they're getting double-digit points. People are buying into their 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 ATS improvement. People like their coach and 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 Dom Brown. I get all of that. They've done a better job. They're bringing some, you know, with the transfer portal and stuff. But I agree. Coach Kill is a good coach. He's been there now for, you know, long enough. He's got his guys in this system here right now. We know they're going to be able to play defensively. Pavia keeps on getting better and better. He's a tough-ass kid. They beat him by 10. Uh, it was 23-13 last time they played. And I don't really get the line movement so much here. I like it. Now, I'm going to stay away from the total, but I don't want any piece of the total at 45. It's extremely low, but I'm not betting the over or under. It wouldn't shock me if, like, put it this way. Would it surprise you if New Mexico State won this game 20 to 10? It wouldn't shock me, but New Mexico State just have too much talent for UMass. And that's saying something, because it's not like New Mexico State have, you know what I mean, that type of talent. But they're just, they're much, they're a real team, at least. They're a real team. UMass are still piecing this thing together right now. I'm with you, Babano. Under a touchdown, love it. I'll lay the six and a half. I hope it goes down more. I hope the so-called Sharps keep betting it and goes down to five and a half. Yeah, I'd be. I, 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 maybe I shouldn't be shocked. Maybe it will go down more because I'm already shocked it's moved this much. So maybe there is still some UMass money that's going to come in even further here. Um, and if that's the case, maybe we'll go in a little more with uh, New Mexico State than we already have. But, you know, what I like about Jerry Kill, too, is you've, we've never known New Mexico State to get any sort of, you know, high quality or a recruit or a transfer from a big-time program. And that's what I mean, the transfers. The transfer portal, they got a Texas A&M transfer. They got a, a, a Michigan transfer. They got a Wyoming trans like they've got a couple of transfers from some decent schools, some decent programs, and that's unheard of for New Mexico State. So clearly Jerry Kill's making some inroads in terms of recruiting and transfer portal that he's actually bringing in you know, at least marginally better talent than we've seen into this program at any point the last decade plus. Uh, I can't uh, I can't argue that. And, you know, it's crazy, actually, too, which all this conference realignment and everything, now the band of New Mexico State are a conference USA team. So they're doing this to try to get better athletes. They're putting a little bit of money into the program. They're going to get more money from an influx from CUSA than they have in the past. I mean, let's be real. New Mexico State... 
you know, they're, they've been with the Grand Canyons and the Southern Utahs of the world for the last couple of years. So good for them that they were able to manage this to get into the Conference USA. And you know what? They'll start now by beating UMass because you're not you're going to have a hard time winning some football games against some of these other teams. I really like this game. Like this one I'm comfortable with. I like it. I'm laying the points uh, with the Aggies. This next game is like one of the funnest games of the week and arguably the most competitive game. Another really trendy team, the Ohio Bobcats. The number keeps dropping. I see a two right now with the book I'm looking at. The total is 49. I think that the number has come down. All the hipsters like the Bobcats, Babano. People are down on the Aztecs. But also the fact that Curtis Rourke has been cleared to play. Um, I think has affected the line, obviously. Nate Rourke's younger brother, Curtis, was killing it last year when he got hurt. Like, both Rourke brothers were doing great last year. They both got hurt in different leagues. And so Curtis Rourke has been cleared to play. San Diego State are now only two-point favorites at home. The total is 49. SDSU right now are minus 130 on the money line. How do you feel about this game now, Babano? So I am one of those hipsters. I do like Ohio, but I liked. I bet it a month and a half ago, plus four and a half, two and two is a big is a different story, you know, a little bit now. I think they can still win the game, but I just you know I, the number has moved significantly. I I don't want any part of San Diego State though, even at minus two. I don't like the trajectory of the program under Brady Hoke. I don't like that the defense, which has been a hallmark of this program for a long time, got worse and significantly worse last year. And I know they're, they've gone to this maiden kid at quarterback and he's got a decent arm he's a big kid and he can run a little bit and they're trying to throw the football is what i'm hearing a little bit more with the new offensive coordinator former san diego state quarterback ryan lindley now new oc but man you can talk about trying to throw the ball more when you've been a run heavy offense all these years i think it's going to be a weird fit weird dynamic i don't know if it's going to be in sync in that first game and i like Curtis Rourke. I love this Ohio offense to take advantage of a weaker San Diego State defense. Now, Ohio's own defense is a little bit questionable. Last year, it wasn't great, but they've got a lot of experience back. They brought in some impact transfers from uh, a couple of schools where these players played really well on the defensive side of the football. So, I do think Ohio can improve on defense to the point where they're live to win this game. I got a better number. Even at plus two, I still like Ohio a little bit. We'll continue it on the other side with his game. I think there's going to be more points put on the board. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Go on, you stupid horse. I got my last 10 bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run. No. Come over here. Uh, oh All right, let's roll. Countdown to kickoff is on. The Ohio Bobcats and the San Diego State Aztecs. So there's no doubt. Babano was just talking about how he feels the Aztecs are in a, a regressing program. 
uh, right now. I think that might be a little bit premature to say, but I can't fully argue it uh, in a sense. We'll get to Brady Hoke in a moment, but I th- to their defense, to their defense, they, they didn't have a home stadium. And we know the importance of, of home field advantage in college football and in college basketball, it's one of the few. It's like the only, the only thing. It's the only place that home field matters anymore. Home ice, home field, home court, all that. Nothing matters anymore, except collegiately, it still does. And you can't. You, no one can deny that um, that they were in a very difficult spot. Now that the, you know the stadium is in place, they're gonna have the full year here. Everything is set up uh, for them to to get back on track, but. I can't uh, disagree. It seems like it's a program that um, is sort of, sort of in the middle right now. They're at a crossroads. Which way do they go from here? And we saw San Diego State hire Steve Fisher from Michigan and obviously have a ton of success and Dutcher after, you know, et cetera, a ton of success. They were hoping, Babano, that the same thing would happen right, with Brady Hoke, right? But as somebody who knows Michigan football very well, Brady Hoke didn't wear a headset. He's one of these coaches that, you know, kids like, players like and stuff, but you wonder from a tactical and an X and O standpoint if they're getting outcoached, right? That's, you know, there's the, I, I totally understand people yeah. wondering about Brady Hoke and he recruits well enough. Players do like him, so it's not like, you know what I mean? He's not a jerk. Players like him. He can recruit a bit. Everything is there, but as I stated, I don't get the feeling, Babano, that he's some football genius or anything. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of just no, there, no. and he needs good coordinators around him, but I think Ryan Lilly brings a lot to the table here, Babano, and I think I'd, I like the over of this game. You know, I get it. San Diego State have known for defense and all this. They lost a lot of production on that defensive line. Curtis Rourke is a damn good quarterback. I think Ohio are going to get into the 20. Doesn't this game feel, Babano, like a 30-27 game? Like, this game's going to be close, and it's going to get into the 50s, bro. I think the total's too light here. Everybody's talking about the under here. I think there's points put up on the board. And I think San Diego State's offense will surprise people. And as you stated, let's be real. Like, let's not big up Ohio like they're Ohio State. They're good, but they're defense. Defense isn't like you can score on them. Let's be real here. They're a most teams can. The question is going to be: Can San Diego State do that? Because there were some times last year, you know, San Diego State was challenged to find the end zone against some mediocre to bad defense. Oh, there were some ugly performances, but you can't live in the past. Though last year's last year. Yep, and uh, but that's what makes this game fascinating. I, I just think Ohio can do a little bit more offensively. Uh, and then San Diego State, because if this game's close, I'm always looking to, to not so much the team that's going to get the stop anymore. Maybe 20 years in handicapping football, I think that way. I want the team that can score, make that big play on offense to win the game for me if it's close. And I just got more confidence in Curtis Rourke, certainly than Maiden for San Diego State. And I think that could be the difference. This kid's a real good quarterback. They're already talking. He could be as good as Nathan, uh, and certainly an arm comparable to his older brother, Nathan Rourke. So. Very excited to see him play for a full season now that he's healthy. Well, he's higher projected than, than Nate was. Nate Rourke obviously yep. didn't wasn't didn't get an NFL. Now he's he was a walk on un, undrafted free agent in the NFL. But Curtis Rourke is is higher projected. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't mean he's better than Nate, but Nate Nate's got a ton of heart. But this kid is a great young quarterback. But I think I think the Nate Rourke hype is affecting this number. And I think the fact that Nate Rourke looks so good with with Jacksonville, and then people are like, oh, and he's got a younger brother, and oh, his younger brother's even better than he is, and he's it, you know, and people are just buying in. Oh, Curtis Rourke is playing. Curtis Rourke is playing. And all true. I get it. But San Diego State aren't UMass. This isn't an Ivy League team like that, that Ohio are going to play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like San Diego State have athletes. They're going to be flying around. The game's on the West Coast. It's the season opener. To me, like I said, I like the over. I'm not, I haven't locked in all my picks yet, but I'm, I'm pretty much here on this. I get the personal feeling that this is the so-called wise guy hipster trap of the night. And San Diego State are going to beat Ohio. And Ohio will look great in Mac Conference play, and they're going to do their little thing where they go 8-4 and four every year, 9-3. and three, That's what they do. Um, but I feel like this game is a trap. 
Hawaii and Vanderbilt. Last year, Babano, 63-10. The Warriors actually scored the first touchdown of the game, and they were up. And then Vanderbilt just absolutely murdered them after. If you guys recall last year, we had to coach Jeff Reinbold on, and he told us that this is the youngest team since Marshall, unfortunately, is playing crash. Like, no college football team had ever had so many players that had never played college football before as the Warriors did last year. So, yes, they're going to be more experienced this year. Yes, they showed a lot of heart and grit. Yes, Timmy Chang's doing a great job, and I think the program's going in the right direction. But, and there's a big but, Vanderbilt's team speed, Babano, and size are going to be way too much for them again. And Vanderbilt will not take the pedal off the metal. I don't think it's 63-10. I've got it more... I don't know, 50, 50 to 20 or something like that. Like, still a blowout, but not 63-10. I'm comfortably laying a 17-and-a-half in this game. What are you doing, Babano, with it? I actually have a small piece of the other side, but it's nothing substantial. I, I, I like Hawaii. They were a moneymaker for me down the stretch. They were very competitive. I get it. It's a long trip. It's an SEC team, and Vanderbilt totally destroyed them last year. Maybe that happens again, but I'm planning to back Hawaii a few times. I took them against Stanford, too, in their second game. You know, I really do think Timmy Chang is going to get improvement. They've got Shager back at quarterback. They're going to go run and shoot this year, throw the ball a bit more. they got receivers to do that. The defense is still what you worry about you know especially when you're playing a power five school i don't see them getting a ton of stops vanderbilt will score you know they'll run it they'll throw it aj swan their quarterback should be able to do some damage uh, through the air they should be able to run the ball well um but again this hawaii team they're they're feisty uh, you know, they always, you know, when they were down big in games, you see them coming back. I saw them down by 20 in a game, 28 in the game last year, and they outscored their opponent 17-3 to in the fourth quarter. Now, it wasn't an opponent as good as Vanderbilt, but it shows you that Timmy Chang had this team going for four quarters, playing. Our, and don't forget, with the wildfire situation going on back home, I think there's a little emotion in this Hawaii team going into their first game of the season where, you know, it's a tough times there for a lot of the people in that state. Um, and I think you're going to get an inspired effort. Now, they, they are outmanned. The personnel is better on Vanderbilt, but I did take a small shot with Hawaii. What I do like better in this game than that, though, is the over at 55. Looks like weather's going to be decent in Nashville Saturday night. I think Vanderbilt gets, you know, 30s, 40s minimum, and I think you can get, you know, 17 to 20 at least out of Hawaii, and there's your over. So I prefer the total, but a smaller bet on Hawaii as well. Um, I agree with a lot of things you said about them. I think I, I don't, I wouldn't have a problem playing on them, but I'm not doing it in this game. Like I said, they scored 63 points last year on the road. Like, what's so? What's going to be massively different this time? You know what I'm saying? Like, Van, let's so Vanderbilt gets into the 50s only. You know what I mean? Let's say they shave two touchdowns off. Remember, right? that was I mean, the first they game they for Chang and the coaching staff. That was the first game for Chang and the coaching staff. Totally new systems, new players all over the place because everybody jumped ship after Todd Graham's debacle at the end of the season before no, I that. Get it, I get it. Now there's a lot more continuity. So that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see. I mean, obviously they're up against it because personnel-wise, Vanderbilt checks all the boxes at every position. There's no doubt. But it's a big number, and, and I do think Hawaii, you know, effort and emotion from what's going on back home, you'll see it from them. Um, I think what more to be more, more emotion for them will be the um, – the fact that they gave up over 600 yards to this team last year. So I think the fact when they're watching game tape preparing for this game and they're watching the the highlights of them getting lit up like over and over and over again, I think that'll be a pretty motivating factor for them. But the thing is, like I said, I've been a lousy, lousy, lousy home favorite as well under Clark Lee. Even though this program's gotten better, they have not been at all. They have home favorites a lot, but when they have been, it hasn't been good. So it's another thing. That's why it feels like it's a big number to me. Um, Yeah, I can't. Like I said, um, they beat them by 53 last year. So you're looking for a lot of improvement here and a lot of regression. And the fact of the matter is, too, and no doubt, listen, Vanderbilt haven't been a, you know, the team that people are running to the window to bet. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. But um, Vanderbilt are a trendy team. Eight people that cover the SEC. You could figure one jackass would do something stupid, but 
Eight different people that covered the SEC at SEC Media Week picked Vanderbilt to win um, the division in the SEC. Five of them actually picked Vanderbilt to win the entire SEC Conference Championship and win the SEC Conference Championship game, which is pretty crazy because there's not eight people to cover Vanderbilt. So it wasn't all just Vanderbilt people voting this. Remember Clark Lee said a couple of years ago, Babano, it was basically like two years ago. He said, in five years, we're going to be the kingpins of the SEC. It's right point blank. He said, people will be talking about us like they talk about Alabama and Georgia in a couple of years. So he's got that arrogance. He's got that sort of, they did a, I don't know how they're doing it, you know, NIL stuff, but it's tough to get into that school. But they've done a great job. We're recruiting as well. There's a ton of team speed here. So I buy everything you said about Hawaii. I buy in Babano. I think they're going to be a fun team this year. And they're going to cover some point spreads and win some football games. But not this game, in my opinion. I think Vanderbilt are also a fun up-and-coming team that just have too much talent and speed for, for Hawaii to hang around for, uh, for three and a half hours of play. All right, next game up. This is a massive point spread, biggest point spread of the week. San Jose State getting 30-and-a-half against Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans, Babano. Yeah, I don't know if we, have, we don't have much time before the break. I like points in this game. USC is going to put up a lot of points. San Jose State lost basically almost every key contributor on defense from last year. And San Jose State, even with last year's defense, was probably up against it trying to stop Caleb Williams in this USC offense. And now that they're rebuilding a bit on the defensive side of the football, that probably doesn't bode well here for San Jose State. On the flip side, though, San Jose State's bringing in a veteran quarterback, a guy that's played at Hawaii previously, Shevin Cordero. You know, we remember that name. It's a guy that's been very experienced at the quarterback spot, and I think he will be able to do some damage offensively. Now, how much points we'll see. Let's not forget, USC's defense was not exactly a shutdown defense. They're going to be a lot better this year, but still, first game of the season for a defense that really wasn't great. It was the weak link in the Trojans a season ago. I don't think San Jose State's getting shut out. I do think they can do some things offensively, and if they can get you something, even though it's a high total, USC's probably going to put a big number on the board. So the total's gone up, I agree. Yeah, you know what? USC's defense last year was pretty good, actually, with takeaways. They created a lot of turnovers. The problem is with USC's defense... I agree, Babano. If you're the Utah Utes and you're a bunch of big dudes and you can run the ball down their throat, you can expose USC's defense. If you're San Jose State and you're a bunch of dudes that aren't as good as USC's backups are, they're going to have a hard time scoring, I think. More on the other side with Babano. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
I think USC are going to smash San Jose State. The problem is it's 30 points. No, 30 and a half. It's a lot of points. So, you know, let's say you're winning. You know what I mean? You could win 50 to 21 and end up losing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I won by 29. You could really get backdoored. It's, yeah, it's a tough number at 30. The last game on, on the board, Babato. Uh, Louisiana Tech are laying 11 points. Florida International are getting 11. The total is 58 and a half. And, of course, we didn't even get to the CFL yet. So uh, what do you like uh, in the CFL, and what do you think about Florida International, Louisiana Tech? I'm a big Mike McIntyre fan. I really think this gradually he'll turn FIU around. I actually think they're getting too many points here now that it's up to 11, 11 and a half. Grayson James is back as their quarterback. They've got some weapons on offense. I know the defense wasn't very good, but neither was Louisiana Tech's defense. You know, these are two really bad defensive teams a year ago. And you got to lay 11, though, with Louisiana Tech. And I know they bring in Bachmeyer from Boise State. But, you know, let's see a game first before we're ready to say it's going to click right here for the Bulldogs. So I like FIU here getting double digits. And they beat Louisiana Tech last year. You know, let's not forget that as well. Uh, and I think FIU is even better than last year. So I like FIU. I like the over. CFL, Montreal, Winnipeg. I'm going to keep it simple here, you know, because we're running out of time. It's, it's, it's a square parlay for me of the year but uh, in the CFL because at, uh, <laughs> it just seems so obvious. But I have Winnipeg, Toronto, and BC, all right? The three big favorites in a three-team money line parlay, which was about minus 115, you know, when I bet it. So I said, I, I like it all. Because I don't think Winnipeg's losing to Montreal with Montreal on a short week. I don't see Toronto losing to a Calgary team that handed them their first loss of the season. Toronto's going to remember that. And I'm a Ticat fan. I love this team. They stink. They're a bad football team. The worst thing that could happen to them was BC losing to Saskatchewan. BC won't look past Hamilton. They're undefeated at home. They're awful loss. They're going to crush my Ticats. So there you go. Three-team parlay. And then on Sunday, Edmonton ends the home losing streak, and they beat the Ottawa Red Blacks. I agree. The 22-game home losing streak comes to an end. Unfortunately, they're one-point favorites. The oddsmakers agree as well. Great job of Ben of the Late Night Anger Management class continues. This is Portrage. Bring it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.